a song for our theme and even on the footsteps of last week's message out of Revelation and uh, in how we've left our first love in the wonders of the cross, the joy of our salvation, the, the, uh, the new car smell, if you will, of our faith uh, gets worn off and we get lulled into uh, this uh, apathy, I guess is just the only way to, to put it, uh, the almost an I don't care uh, attitude about the things of God. Uh, in our own personal walk, and which should be the most important thing in our lives, is our personal relationship with the Lord, uh, is just uh, unfortunately uh, not that way. Uh, in Romans chapter number 4, as I mentioned, this is part of the account uh, or a rehashing of what had taken place in the book of Genesis uh, with uh, Abraham. Uh, and uh, if you'll turn back just uh, for a couple of minutes, let's go back to Genesis uh, chapter number, uh, let's go to 17. Of course, God's dealt with this in Genesis 15, but in 17, uh, the promise uh, of God to Abraham begins to take shape. Uh, and the Bible says in verse number 1 of chapter number 17, And when Abram was 90 years old and 9, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect, and I'll make my covenant between me and thee, and will multiply thy, thee exceedingly. And Abraham fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father uh, of many nations. God had said that he is going to be fruitful and multiply uh, that his, uh, his uh, I guess, heritage will be uh, as the, uh, the sand uh, uh, in just uh, multiplied without number. Uh, and that's all fine and nanny because he had people in his house, uh, namely Ishmael. And by the way, uh, this uh, whole kind of power struggle uh, between uh, Ishmael and, and Isaac is... Uh, is at the root of everything that's going on in the Middle East about whose land uh, the uh, Israel is. And, uh, and all, all of that is, stems from these accounts uh, in scriptural, Scripture. Most of the human struggle that we have, uh, all of the human struggle we have is a result of sin. Uh, and then there's very specific uh, turmoil in the world uh, that is based on uh, this issue because uh, uh, the inheritance goes to uh, the firstborn. And so God said, you're going to have uh, a fruitful, verse 6, I'll make thee exceeding fruitful and I will make nations of thee and kings shall come out of thee and I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed after thee and their generations for an everlasting covenant. I'll give uh, seed after thee, verse number 8, uh, and a land of possession. Uh, and then uh, he says that he's going to give uh, Sarah, his wife, he and his wife, a child uh, in their old uh, age. And, uh, and uh, we know how the story goes. He questions that. Uh, you know, how's that even possible? Uh, and uh, then, of course, when God had revealed that to Sarah, uh, her reaction was a little worse uh, in that she mocked and she laughed and, uh, and, uh, and they just didn't believe uh, that it was possible. And humanly speaking, it wasn't. And if you're to read Genesis 17 and 18, you'll get a full kind of view of this whole, uh, this whole account uh, which when you think about later on when God says, take Isaac, your only son, and march up a mountain and kill him there, uh, I would be like, oh, wait a second. Uh, you know, I was changing diapers when I was like 100 and something. And uh, a lot of time and energy that I didn't have was invested in this kid. And you're going to make me uh, sacrifice him to you? Uh, that might have been what I would think or uh, in my mind as an argument to the Lord. Uh, but even again, his faith, Abraham's faith, uh, is 
is a marked faith in the Bible that is an example for us in what our faith is supposed to be like uh, and gives us several examples in his life. And he is God uh, to the Romans, uh, those Roman churches, just a couple of house churches uh, that were there in, uh, in Rome at that time. Paul, writing under inspiration, is rehearsing to them this history in this story uh, in the chapter that we've read. So back there to Romans chapter number 4. Uh, we, if you go to chapter 3 and you start your reading there, you'll see all uh, mentioned of, uh, of, uh, of the advantage that the Jew would have and, uh, in, the, in these Christians, Jewish Christians that are being saved. And as Paul was writing to them, uh, their Jews were run out of Rome at one point. Uh, and, uh, and now there's a remnant of them there, and they lived in, uh, in obscurity, uh, small little churches, uh, and he's encouraging them in the Word uh, about their history and what it means, what faith, being saved by faith, actually means. Uh, and uh, if you're here today and you're born again, the Bible says that you're saved by grace through faith. Um, the righteousness of God has been imputed upon you uh, much like, of course, it was imputed upon uh, Abraham to that extent. We're not saved by works. Abraham, uh, Abraham's faith uh, in what God says it was imputed to him as faith had nothing to do with what he actually did in marching, uh, you know, leaving uh, and uh, the promise uh, seed and, you know, the story of Isaac, etc. had everything to do with what he believed in his trust uh, in the word of God. So back in this passage, we have two applications. One that I want to give you uh, straight away uh, about um, keeping our eyes on the Lord. And, and this is what I mean. Let's read again verse number 18. The Bible says about Abraham, who against hope believed in hope. Uh, he was uh, 100 uh, and uh, his wife uh, not too far behind him uh, in age. Uh, it was uh, virtually impossible for them uh, to have a child. To not get into all the biology uh, involved in that here this morning, uh, there is. Uh, if you think about it, uh, if you're in your if you're in your 40s and you have a kid, you're kind of pushing it uh, scientifically uh, and everything that that has to do with our physiology and whatnot. Uh, and I've 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 known uh, some of my friends had uh, had uh, they were born when their parents were uh, in uh, 40s and 50s and uh, and uh, and so it's not impossible uh, in today's day and age in in science uh, but uh, but they'll they'll talk about things like biological clocks uh, you know ticking and uh, and and so everyone everybody here know what I'm talking about do I have to have this uh, birds and the bees talk with you uh, this morning okay we're good uh, on all that and. So it is, it is a, uh, at that age, humanly speaking, it is pretty much impossible uh, to have, have a child. And God says, you're going to have it. That's why it was, that was why, like, really? Uh, and, and they mocked. Uh, so when you think about what was announced to them, all of the arguments of, of sense, reason, uh, and, uh, and experience were against them having a baby. Science. Uh, you know, time. I mean, they knew. They said, like, they said we're, we're as good as dead <laughs> is kind of what they uh, were describing. Verse number 19, and being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. Uh, but the argument before was like, okay, we're almost dead. Uh, and you're telling us that we're going to be having uh, a kid made absolutely no sense. It was a hopeless thing. 
I have um, counseled people in the past. I've, uh, I've had friends and preacher friends, extended uh, you know, uh, church family, if you will, uh, where people have struggled uh, to, uh, to have a child. Uh, and uh, again, we live in a wonderful day and age where, uh, where, where advances are made and, uh, and, uh, and things that uh, can take place, uh, but they just really struggle. And, and kind of as a side note, some of those times when they actually got pregnant is, is, is after they finally just, you know, put their hands down and just let God have it, and then it just happened. Uh, and so people would speculate, well, they were just stressing themselves out, worrying it, whatever. Uh, and, uh, but with God, all things are possible. We know that because the Bible says it's true. Uh, and, but the Bible says, who against hope? That basically means it was a hopeless thing. It was against hope. It made no sense. Uh, it, made, it made, they could, no one could reason. If, if, uh, uh, if Abraham and Sarah uh, were, you know, down at the local Starbucks and say, hey, say, hey, I haven't seen you guys in a while. What's, what's up with you guys? Ah, well, you know, we're going to be having a baby. Uh, then, uh, uh, well, actually, probably wouldn't have been Starbucks. Most, if you're 100, you hang out at McDonald's. Uh, and uh, and uh, so uh, that, they, let's back up. Hanging out at McDonald's, they say, hey, what's up with you guys? Well, we're, we're going to have a baby. Like, no, you're not. You guys are crazy. You're pulling our legs. Uh, because it, there, there's no, uh, even if you're just like, well, you know, um, think about this way. What if they said, God told us we're going to have a baby? They, people still wouldn't have believed it. Even if it was Abraham, it was beyond reason. It was against hope, believed in hope. Uh, against hope, but believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. And the Bible says this, verse 20, and here's the, the first takeaway. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that, he, that what he had promised, what God had promised, he was able also to perform. Takeaway number one, refocusing uh, in, in 2020. Uh, on the heels of Wednesday night's message uh, of taking our eyes off of our circumstances and onto Jesus, uh, I want you to understand this. It is never the promise that fails, but our faith that fails when we, when we stagger. Uh, the, what we have to do in our Christian life is to focus on the promise and not the problem. He staggered not in unbelief. We could talk about all the times that Jesus marveled at unbelief. If you were to look up the word unbelief, uh, especially in your New Testament, there's a little under 20 times uh, where we find the word, and, and, uh, and it's a, and one that sticks out in my mind uh, is where uh, in, uh, I guess, Mark 9, uh, with a story of the young lady who was, uh, who was dead, he says this, a straightway in verse number 24, and straightway the father of the child cried out, and he said with tears, Lord, I believe. But then he says this, help thou my unbelief. And I really feel that the average Christian uh, who loves the Lord, they love their Bible, uh, I, I'm just going to safely assume you're in church uh, on a Sunday morning and, uh, and the Word of God is open. You love God. You love your Bible. You are, uh, for the most part, if we go around the room, uh, you would say, I'm a believer. I be I've trusted Jesus Christ in my personal, as my personal Savior. Uh, I believe. Uh, but your life is filled with unbelief. You say, you don't know that, Pastor. I do. I do know that because I talk to you. 
and, uh, and, and there are all kinds of promises that God makes in His Word, uh, and, uh, and He never lies. He's always going to keep His promise, but we're filled with unbelief. So this man prayed. He said, I believe, help thou my unbelief, because unbelief seems to be, because of our sinful flesh, uh, present uh, in our life, uh, which hinders the work of God uh, and hinders everything. Our prayer life, our, our walk with Him, uh, it gets in the way of pretty much everything. Uh, we believe this book, okay? Uh, let me ask a loaded question. How many of you believe this book? Say amen. amen. All right. Uh, how many of you believe everything in it every day, every minute, every day? All right. There's unbelief. Case in point, it would be like, you know, uh, let's say money, because money is, uh, is a huge topic with everybody. Uh, and uh, and you, there's times in your life you're just in despair. You don't know what you're going to do, how you're going to make it. And God's brought you through it. Maybe not the way that you wanted to, but, but God has a promise in His Word about uh, how He takes care of us and he, knows, and he knows our needs before we even ask Him. Isn't that in the Bible? Amen? And uh, we know that, but we don't, we don't believe that it's true for me. Uh, we don't believe that it's true in a personal sense. And so even though we say we believe the Bible and believe that, we in our behavior uh, show that we in fact don't believe. We are in unbelief. And here's a statement that I had made this last, uh, I guess I won't quote it, so I've got to find it in my Bible, in my margin. I don't want to take the time. But, but basically, God, when we sin, um, other sins like, you know, we don't do what we're supposed to do and we go against the law of God, the word of God, uh, that's one thing. But when we sin, when we have the sin of unbelief, that is an affront to the lawgiver. That's an affront to God, to His veracity and His abilities uh, in Him doing what He's going to say. When, so when we live in unbelief about whatever it is, uh, that is to me worse than um, many of the other sins that we could commit because we're not just disobeying the law, we're disobeying and, and disrespecting, dishonoring the lawgiver. We're saying, God, you're not able to do that. When we get worried about our finances when God says we're not to take thought of uh, tomorrow and etc. Uh, again, that's not to say that you don't work. The Bible says you don't work, you don't eat. Uh, you have to be busy and not lazy and, uh, and et cetera, et cetera. Be a good employer. There's all those principles in the Bible. Uh, but if you just wring in your hands every day, just not knowing, the Bible says we're supposed to be uh, content uh, in our life. Uh, and, but, when, but when enough is not enough, and when we're complaining uh, to others or to God or whatever about just struggling and we're not going to make it, uh, when we live in that kind of unbelief, when God in His Word says, I'm going to take care of you, uh, we are sinning against God. And it's, to me, more egregious of a sin uh, than it is if you just, you know, uh, you know, whatever, you had some vice or whatever. In fact, when you uh, factor in, I, I, I deal with this a lot, the idea of restoration, uh, and uh, sin and how it affects our life. There, there are a lot of sins that people can do and that they could commit and do. Uh, and, uh, and through repentance uh, and counsel and whatever, uh, they can get back to a place of usefulness uh, for God and be restored uh, and, and things, uh, things are kind of back on course. Are you with me? Say amen. amen. But, but when, when unbelief is present, when, when, when that begins to control uh, your spiritual life uh, and get in a hinder, there, there, you can get yourself in such a place 
uh, that, that you can't even, uh, you can't, well, think about this way. Uh, there might have been a time in your life where you thought, man, Jesus can't save me. I'm just, I'm just too much of a mess. I'm too much of a sinner. Uh, but we know that there's no uh, a sinner too great that God can't save them. And then he's not willing that any should perish. So when we think, well, God can't, uh, God can't uh, save me or God can't do this or that, uh, it, is, it is a sin of unbelief. He staggered not at the promise of God uh, through unbelief, but was strong and fully persuaded that God was able to perform that which he has promised to do. Now, you say, well, God's not promised uh, to, uh, to uh, me to uh, you know, multiply and, uh, and, and my you know, children's and children's children and, and the promise that he had to Abraham. But here's, here's one of the ways where I know that it affects you. Because there are things that, I mean, God's promise to Abraham is not God's promise to you. That's his covenant with Abraham. But we're also to profit from it uh, and the doctrine and everything that's in there. Uh, let's take prayer as our example. The Bible says that if we have the faith of a what? Mustard seed. Uh, we talked about you know, Peter walking on the water, and, and, uh, and he says, Oh, thou of little faith. He didn't rebuke Peter for not having faith. He rebuked him for having little faith. So we're saved by faith. We're, the, the, we're supposed to live by faith. Faith is an integral part of our life as a Bible-believing, blood-bought you know, Christian, uh, faith is supposed to be present in there. So when we pray, the Bible says we're supposed to pray uh, according to His will. Uh, and uh, that when we pray according to His will, uh, He says, ask and ye shall what? Okay, so we have a promise of God that if we pray uh, and pray according to His will, uh, that what we pray for, that God is going to answer our prayers and give us uh, the, uh, the, the request that we make known unto Him. But So the promise of God is that if we pray with faith, uh, that He hears us and He's going to answer us. So the problem is never the promise. Uh, the problem is, is the staggered faith. It's because you pray, for God, you pray for God to heal your loved one who is sick, and in the back of your mind, you don't believe He can. Because the doctors said uh, that it's in stage four. Uh, and there's nothing else that can be done. Uh, and, uh, and, and when you get into that kind of place uh, with science, it's kind of like a hundred-year-old having a baby. Uh, I, I, don't know, I don't know any doctor. Um, there may be. I, I, I don't know. Uh, but I'm pretty sure there aren't any doctors today uh, that deal with childbirth that would recommend that you have a child uh, at that age because it's impossible <laughs> All right, so, so if it's stage four cancer. So you're praying, if you believe God is going to answer your prayer, and, and, I, and I just believe this with all my heart, there, I think that we, uh, we don't have enough faith uh, to pray for healing. We, we pray and then we, we cop out because we say stuff like, well, if it's your will, right, wrong, you know, whatever happens, we'll just accept it. And that's how we pray. We, we've copped out before we, even, before we even do pray. So the promise that God's going to hear us and answer us is there, but we stagger in unbelief. There's a lot of things we do and there's a lot of things we believe uh, that are promises of God, uh, but we, uh, we just don't believe it's going to happen. So I don't know what it is that you're praying for. Something that is, that is a 100-year-old having a baby kind of circumstance to where it isn't going to happen. 
There's no way that I can figure this out. It is impossible, humanly speaking. Um, and it might be, uh, it could be somebody that you're praying for to get saved. Ain't no way. They won't listen to the gospel. They are, they are angry uh, and uh, at God. Uh, they don't want to hear anything. I, God, I just don't possibly see uh, how, uh, how, they can be, uh, how they can be saved. Maybe, just maybe, if you think about it, one of the keys, if you look at even um, how they brought the lame man in and God saw their faith uh, and then rewarded the man, uh, it could possibly be that God's waiting for, uh, for us to have faith that He'll actually save our loved one before He acts on that because He's not willing that they would perish. Uh, and, uh, and he would have the, all men uh, to be saved, uh, but maybe he's waiting for, some, for us to really believe that he can. I don't know, but I know this. Um, that's not the kind of thinking that, uh, that, uh, that Abraham lived his life. He was fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. We can go through a list of things, list of promises. God is able. If He's promised it, He is able to perform. And we cannot have staggered faith. Uh, we can't have uh, faith that is, that is fake, uh, hypocritical faith. Feigned faith is what the Bible would call that. Uh, we can't have unbelief creeping in there. Uh, if, if you're praying uh, for you know, someone who is sick, if, if you have unbelief in your faith, I hope that you find somebody that you have confidence in that isn't. That you pray. That's why it's important to pray for each other. There are people that the grace of God's on their life, uh, and it is because somebody else is praying for them. It isn't because, because they deserve it uh, or whatever. It's because they've got some grandma or somewhere somewhere else who's praying, praying the grace of God over them because their prayers are hitting the ceiling and falling right back down. Intercessory prayer is vital. It's important. So, so if whatever your circumstance is, you need to know that it is possible for God. You just got to get your eyes off of the problems and onto the promises of God. Uh, and I guarantee you that refocusing will help you tremendously uh, in your life. But, but the context of this passage is about salvation. He's given us this example of Abraham. Uh, and, uh, and he says this in verse number 22, and therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. The faith that he had, staggering not at the promise of God, it was imputed. His faith in God imputed to him for righteousness. Verse 23, now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but for us also to whom it shall be imputed. Uh, and, uh, and again, we can get into all kinds of theology. Uh, I, I believe that Repentance is necessary for salvation. Uh, we, have to, we have repentance uh, towards God and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, the resurrection is a vital part about that. If you don't believe in the resurrection uh, of Jesus Christ from the dead, it's, I, it's doubtful that you're born again. You must believe in Him. But this also throws a monkey wrench into people who talk about belief only. Uh, because what does it say in verse number 20, 24? But for also us to whom it shall be imputed if we believe on Him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. So not just belief in Jesus. It's belief in God who raised up Jesus from the dead. Uh, and why? Who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. Jesus came and died for our sins, for my sins, for your sins, for our offenses, uh, and His resurrection. He was raised again for our justification. When a person gets born again, they must believe uh, that Jesus is the Son of God, 
If we don't believe that He's the Son of God, the Bible says we're, we're, we're lost in our sin. Uh, Son of God who came to this earth, who shed His blood for remission of sins. Because of our offense and our sin, Jesus Christ came and died on the cross of Calvary. And we are just justification, justified the peace, verse number 1 of chapter number 5. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, so we have the peace with God. We are justified just as I've never sinned with imputed righteousness. When God looks at Bob Reno, he sees the righteousness of Christ, which was imputed upon me in 1987 when I asked Jesus Christ to forgive me and I trusted Him as my personal Lord and Savior. I believed uh, in His payment for my offenses and in in I believe that He rose from the dead. The gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. He rose from the dead uh, and uh, the Bible says... Uh, for my justification. I believe that. I didn't just believe that Jesus was some great teacher. Uh, I didn't just believe that Jesus was God. I believe that Jesus died for me personally on the cross of Calvary, was my, the, the propitiation, the substitute for my sin. And, uh, but when I think about that, it seems pretty far-fetched. It seems like impossible that that, uh, that the God of the universe would, would send His Son to die for Bob Reno. At that time, uh, a 14-year-old kid uh, from Superior, Wisconsin, which was a, you know, a nobody place, uh, in, a, in an obscure camp that, uh, that I just went because I wanted to have fun. I went to camp because it's like, you know, are there girls there? Yes, I'm, sign me up. Uh, and uh, and so, so that's, why, that's why I went to camp. I didn't go to camp to get saved. But I got saved there. All right, follow me? So all of that. But what God is teaching them is that against hope, believe in hope. He said, you have been trusting in your religion and this and, and, to, and to just believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for you uh, is, is akin to the fact that, that Abraham didn't think this was possible, but he didn't stagger at unbelief. He just believed the promise of God. And the promise of God to you is that you are saved by grace through faith and that not of yourselves, it's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. You have to believe simply in the promise of God's word that if you place your faith and trust in the finished work of Calvary, that heaven will be your home. And, uh, and you just, you've got to believe that. Salvation is as simple as accepting the free gift of salvation, uh, but, you, but you have to believe uh, that Jesus Christ uh, is who He is and did what He did for you. For your, and Bible's just filled with that, especially the book of Romans. Sin and the forgiveness of sin. You can't go to heaven uh, unless your sins are forgiven. You need the imputed righteousness of God in your life, and that comes by faith, just like, uh, just like it came to Abraham by faith. So, so in the midst of a doctrinal treatise on, uh, the, on salvation and the, all the theology, uh, and again, don't avoid the book of Romans because you think it's hard to follow. Uh, it is probably, if all we, by the way, if all we had was the book of Romans, uh, you'd have enough Bible doctrine uh, to, you know, to understand how to be saved and how to live for God and all that God has done for us uh, in our life. Uh, but God's given us much more. That's why we ought to read it and, and love it. Uh, but uh, but uh, God says, hey, 
gives us an example that we can believe that, that nothing's impossible with God. Uh, and if we just believe His promises and not, and not stagger in our faith and unbelief, uh, that God's going to, whatever He says He's going to do, He's going to do it. But the application is, when, 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 somebody, when somebody asks the question, what I'm going to ask here in just a minute, uh, do you know that if you died today, you'd go to heaven? And there'll be people in this room go, I know that I know that I know. And the reason we can raise our hands with confidence is because we have faith that God is going to do what He said He was going to do in here. Because outside of that, I don't have anything. I'm not seeing God. I've not seen heaven. Uh, and it's my faith in what God said He has done uh, and it's imputed to me by faith. It's not because I go to church or whatever. It's because I believe uh, that Jesus Christ died for my sins and rose again the third day for my justification. It was, it was, there was a transaction that took place in 1987 when I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior. The, um, the righteousness of God was imputed, uh, and the Bible says I was indwelled with the Holy Spirit of God. I was converted, made a new creature in Christ. Old things passed away, all things become new. Something took place in 1987. I hope that that's taken place with you. Uh, but if you don't believe uh, what God says about it, then, then it hasn't happened. Um, Jesus is the only way. You, you gotta, you've got to go through Him. If the imputed righteousness of God only comes through faith in, uh, in the Lord Jesus Christ uh, and His finished work at Calvary, I know that I'm going to heaven not because I'm a good person. I'm not a good person. Not because I go to church or a Baptist church or that I'm a pastor. I'm going to go to heaven uh, because of what Jesus has done for me. Uh, and, um, and, and really... Um, well, I shared this. I'm, I'm almost done. I uh, ran into a guy that I grew up with. His dad was actually a really good friend with my dad. And, uh, and so they, uh, so me and this guy, Aaron, we kind of grew up together in uh, same elementary school, whatever. And, uh, and if there was a party at, at my house, his dad was there, which meant he was there. We played together as kids. And, uh, and so I, when I was back just recently, I ran into him at the mall. Hey, we kind of hit up, and one of the things he said to me is, I, he, says, he said, Bobby, I still can't believe, still can't believe that you're a pastor. Uh, because when people looked at me uh, as a teenager, ain't no way. Ain't no way that he would do any of that kind of stuff. It was the furthest thing from their mind. And by the way, and this is not to brag upon me, because anything that's good in us is all the grace of God. God saved me, and he's changed me. Uh, and uh, I've lived for him all these, all these years, and I plan to live for him until he takes me home or returns. Uh, and uh, and um, when Jesus saves a person, he changes them. And in fact, there ought to be people in your life that marvel uh, at, at your life today. Church going, just love the Lord and whatever. If you don't have anybody in your life that's like, man, I just can't believe how, how much you love Jesus. Just can't believe it. I mean, I, I remember how, and, uh, and you were just a, uh, if, there's, if there's just really no change, you see, it just, it doesn't compute. When you got saved, it was, it was a whole lot of things took place. It's not just, a, it, wasn't, it wasn't your prayer uh, that uh, the thing that you said, it was, it was faith that imputed righteousness. It was, I just really believed that Jesus was going to save me that day according to His Word, and I believe the promises of God, and, and nobody can shake me on it because I, I, I believe 
the promises. And in those moments in my life where, where the devil gets in there and causes you to question, maybe you've sinned or uh, you're discouraged or whatever, um, I just don't stagger at it. The Bible says, neither death nor principality, nothing can separate me from the love of God. I'm saved, I'm always saved, I'm sealed, the Bible says, under the day of redemption. That's the promises, and I don't stagger at it. I, I, it it's just, well, somebody wants to talk about this and whatever, and science and reason and, and whatever. Uh, I just, it doesn't matter what you got. It doesn't matter what you say. I believe this book. And, uh, and, and that's the kind of faith that we need to have through our trials, our difficulties, uh, but it's not staggering. So if it's a difficult situation, believe the promises uh, and not the problems. Uh, if you're here today and you're not saved, you can be saved today. God wants you to be saved, but you need to place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ uh, and confess your sin to Him and ask Him to forgive you. And the Bible says that if you call on Him, you shall be saved. Uh, and, uh, and then I think also um, as a Christian and refocusing in on the first works and getting this book and knowing there is so much stuff. We're going to have a 90-day a um, Bible reading challenge that begins in February. Uh, and, uh, and at the end of that, if you, if you complete that, we're going to have some type, I don't know what we're going to have, some type of a, a, a gathering party, uh, be food, not a pizza party, be better than that, all right? And, uh, but, um, but more important than some kind of like, you know, carrot stick, uh, it's like, you know, getting back in the Bible and just refocus on what's important and uh, in, in all that God has for us. Because the, the reason that you're so stressed out and anxious about everything when God tells you not to be is you just don't believe the promises of God. And you say, you don't know that. Uh, you don't know my heart. I don't need to know your heart. I see your behavior. And you behave like you don't believe that. So belief and behavior need to match. So today as you pray, just ask God, help me. You say, I believe. But you say, help thou my unbelief. And you just pray that to God and ask Him to help you. And I hope that, I hope that He does. Let's all stand with our heads bowed and our eyes closed this morning. And